Let's pray as we look at God's Word. So Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your Word. We thank you that you speak and it happens. And uh, you still speak. You're speaking even today. And we ask for open ears as you speak today. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, can we throw up the Nicene Creed again? Because we're going to do something uh, slightly scary today. We, we're a um, diverse church in different ways. And one of the ways is even theologically. The, the way we think about God is different from person to person. And um, at times, uh, Christians have come to blows about that, even killed each other. And so there's actually, we need to know what is the, uh, the bedrock of what we believe together. Not only what we uh, differ in about God, but what, what is the foundation. And this is an awesome foundation. And once we have the foundation, and then we can go off to the, the side a bit and agree to disagree on things that we're actually just not entirely sure about. Okay? So let's say this again. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and all that is seen and unseen. So one of the ways that Bible-believing Christians disagree is about creation. We believe that God created the world, but how he created it, we disagree at times. And one of the main points of disagreement is the way the Hebrew word for day is interpreted. So the Hebrew word is the word yom, Y-O-M. And the Bible says that God created the world in six yoms. And there's different interpretations of what that actually means. So, what I'm going to get us to do is in groups of either two or three and talk about those six yoms and then decide which one or which several of it uh, you believe in or you think. So, number one, if you can look at your bit, bit of paper, uh, one theory of yom is six literal 24-hour days. So God created the heavens and the earth in 144 hours. That's number one. Number two, the gap theory, that the earth was created billions of years ago, then disaster struck, and so God recreated it in six 24-hour days. Uh, Number three, the flood theory that due to severe flooding at one point in time, um, that caused incredible waves that gave the appearance on the strata, deposited in rocks that gave the appearance of billions of years of development. That's called the flood theory. Number four, the ideal time theory, that God actually made the earth look or appear old. Number five, the age day theory that because the Hebrew word for yom has the meaning of 24 hours, but at times it also has the meaning of epochs of time. 
So like Isaiah 30 verse 8 has that meaning. That, that gives the possibility of a very old earth, such as in Psalm 90 verse 4. And number 6, there's probably more than this, by the way. These are the six I've come across. Pictorial day theory. That God gave Moses, so we know that Moses has been accredited with the writing of Genesis and, in fact, the whole of the first five books of the Bible. That God gave Moses a series of dreams, pictures, or visions of how life began. And in a similar way to John's visions at the other end of the Bible and revelation of how we will finish, these six pictures given to Moses of creation in the form of days. So sunset, sunrise, one day. And then Moses communicated it to the people and it was recorded after a while in writing. So what I want you to do with that is uh, when you get home today, go on the computer, uh, write an email to Tim Donnell and tell him which is the correct theory and why everyone else is wrong. (laughs) So we're going to look at Genesis 6. Uh, No, no, we're not. Verse 6 from chapter 1. Genesis 1, 6 to 19. This is the NIRV version. God said, let there be a huge space between the waters. Let it separate water from water. And that's exactly what happened. God made a huge space between the waters. He separated the water under the space from the water above it. God called the huge space sky. There was evening, there was morning, and it was the second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place. Let dry ground appear. That's exactly what happened. God called the dry ground land. He called all the the water that was gathered together seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 11, then God said, let the land produce plants. Let them produce their own seeds. And let there be trees on the land that grow fruit with seeds in it. Let each kind of plant or tree have its own kind of seeds. And that's exactly what happened. So the land produced plants. Each kind of plant had its own kind of seeds, and the land produced trees that grew fruit with seeds in it. Each kind of tree had its own kind of seeds. God saw that it was good. There was evening, there was morning, it was day three. Verse 14, God said, Let there be lights in the huge space of the sky. Let them separate the day from the night. Let the lights set the times for the holy celebrations and the days and the years. Let them be lights in the huge space of the sky to give light on the earth. And that's exactly what happened. God made two great lights. He made the larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. He also made the stars. God put the lights in the huge space of the sky to give light on the earth. He put them there to rule over the day and the night. He put them there to separate light from darkness. God saw that it was good. There was evening, there was morning, there was the fourth day, day four. Yeah, Lord, speak to us from your word today. And I heard of a 
a man. A few years ago, he was lost in the Amazon jungle. He found it really frightening, actually. One of the frightening things about being lost in the Amazon jungle is that the foliage is so dense, you actually, at places, cannot see the sun. And the river, the Amazon River, they say, that there's places that you, unless you have a compass, you can't tell which way it's flowing. And this is similar to the Israelites. As they are about to go into the promised land, led by Joshua. And they had Moses. They had Moses, and he had led them to this point. But Moses was not going to take them into this strange new land. Moses was dead. And, but they had these, these collections of writings of the sayings of Moses, the Pentateuch. In fact, they called it Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And it gave them some guidance and they answered these questions of, of, of questions they desperately needed to know the answers of. Who are we as a people? How do we get here? And who are we to be? Who are we? How did we get here? Who are we to be? Is he about to go into a strange new land? Moses is dead. And Genesis is the first part of that answer. We are God's creation. We are God's creation. In the general sense, all of humanity, Genesis 1 through to 11, but from Genesis 12 on, who we are particularly as a called out people of God, the big picture. I think on the back of many of those bits of paper it has that big picture. So uh, visit, we're going to visit Genesis. And visiting Genesis is like visiting the nice lady at the mole map. When you go into the mole map, <laughs> she's not here today. <laughs> and uh, you go to the mole map and, and she does a, a general look all over and then she does particular looks and she does a close-up on your moles and then she'll take pictures and then she'll blow it up and then she'll have another general look. And this is what happens in the first three chapters of Genesis. And we looked at day one last week with JD and now we're looking at day two to five. And there are echoes, there are echoes in days uh, 2, 3, and 4. In day 1, there's an echo in day 4. And in day 2, there's some similar things in day 5. And in day 6, day 3 as well. And one question JD touched on last week is, how does creation is revealed in the Bible... How does that relate to science? Are science and faith playing the same game? Is it like two opposing teams playing rugby? Are science and faith playing the same game? Why are they playing different games? Is it like Scrabble and rugby? Or are they kind of similar but different? Is it like soccer and rugby? Or is it kind of just slightly different? Rugby league and rugby. (laughs) And there has been 
periods of actually of direct clashes in the West between the Christian faith and science. Um, Copernicus' revolution sort of kicked it off in the 15th century, where Copernicus argued that the sun was the centre of the universe, not the earth, as previously thought. And that church science conflict has continued, but, but actually moved from different fields in science from time to time. So it started with astronomy, and then moved on to geology, biology, anthropology. However, despite those periods of conflict, there's also um, there is connection between the Christian faith and science. For instance, and this is really important, instance, science assumes, science starts from the premise that the world has actually has order and pattern and design. That's where science starts from. That the world does have order. There's pattern and there's design. Science cannot start from the pagan belief that the, the earth is chaotic. It can't. You can't study patterns from that. And so there is a, a base premise that science uses. That creation has order. And in the 19th century, as geologists studied rock patterns, they started to question, was the earth older than 6,000 years? And that's where the question of the yom uh, came from. We've looked at that. We've read the scripture. And so let's look at day two. Day two. Verse 6, there's huge space, expanse above the sky. And there's separation from water and water. So clouds above, water below. Then day 3, verses 9 to 13. Two main acts of God on that day. Uh, preparation of dry land. And then the furnishing of the land with vegetation. And God calls them good in the... The, the meaning of that is it's beneficial to mankind. And so we see the human focus of, of creation again. And um, focus is, is on the seed, only on the seed-bearing plants, verse 11, and the trees that bear fruit. So they're going to be good for man. Other vegetation not mentioned yet, only the ones of most interest to humans at this stage. And God calls it good beneficial. Day 4, 14 to 19, the creation of sun and moon and stars. How do we reckon, reconcile this with verse 1, which says the heavens and the earth were created there. How do we have vegetation on day 3 without light? One good answer is that verse 1 is the creation of the universe. And then verse 14 is that separation and expansion of light and stars, etc. So the lights were in existence already, but on the command on day 4, God is to start to separate and mark out the seasons and days and years. And three big things, this is, where, this is what we're aiming for, three big things to note from the three big yoms, yom 2, yom 3, and yom 4. Three big things from the three big yoms. No, number one, there is organization in creation. There's organization in creation. 
It's not exactly chronological. Remember the long map lady? It's not exactly like that, but it's like that and then a, and a focus and then Genesis, you know, Genesis speaks about gods as a hero of creation. It's a bit like our movie the other night um, about Taylor Powder, who's unjustly jailed. And the producer said in a, in a review of it that um, he had the, the events of his life of, of the events where he is unjustly jailed, but in the movie what he does is he changes the order of some of the events. So they're not exactly chronological because he wanted the, the movie to flow. It's a true story. This is what happened, but it's not exactly chronological. And um, Genesis' account is like that. It's true. This is what God has done. It's true. But don't get hung up on the exact uh, chronology of it. But creation was not random. It was ordered. It had organization. There is design in creation because there is a designer. There is a designer. But this creation, Genesis 1 to 3, as we zoom in and out, focus on different parts of creation, don't let that bother you. There is definite order in creation, organization. There's order, there's organization. And part of the reason for that was to counter the randomness of the other explanations of creation out there. As the people of God were about to go into this strange land and they'd come from Mesopotamia that had other accounts, other stories, is about to go into this strange land, um, there were other stories. And some of them had many gods. And those gods were not all good. And sometimes they, they flip-flopped. Sometimes they were good and sometimes they were naughty. But the creation account says this, is that God is good. God is good. And he created a good world. It was good. And the Jewish, the neighbors of the Jews, they had neighbors that spoke about gods that were random and chaotic and unreliable. But Moses gave them this account that had a good God and an organized, ordered creation. No, says Genesis. Creation was ordered by God. There's organization. And, and Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, that God is a God of order. And so God does the ordering. God does the organizing. And one of the reasons that the sun, moon, and stars are not mentioned till right until day 4, although there's that hint in verse 1, is that stars are actually not important for the ordering of life. Stars do not order things. God orders the stars. The sun does not order things. God orders the sun. The moon does not order life. God orders the moon. And the pagan nations that surrounded Israel is about to go to the promised land. And where did they come from? Iraq, sort of Syria area. 
the Mesopotamians um, had way more emphasis on the sun and the moon and the stars. To them, the sun, the moon, the stars were not were way more than mere markers of seasons and days and years. To the pagans, the heavens were to be worshipped. And they determined fate and fortune. But the community of faith, they said, no way. The heavens were just the sun and the moon and the stars. They were here to help determine the days and the years and the seasons. The sun, the moon and the stars, they don't control life. And so don't let horoscopes control you. The stars do not control you. If you belong to Lord Jesus, let His Holy Spirit control you. The stars do not control you. Sun, moon, stars are helpful. They give you lights. They help you remember birthdays and fishing and planting. Seasons, days, years. Great, helpful. But they do not control you. But not to be worshipped or given spiritual significance. That is for God alone. There's organization in creation. Secondly, there is variation in creation. Variation and difference. And sometimes when there's, uh, when there's organization, it starts, things can start to look like a bit like factory-made, like matchsticks. Not so with God. There's organization, but also there's variation. It's one of the amazing things about creation, don't you think? It's organized, but there's variation as well. And, and that variation is beautiful. Also, there's, there's per- parameters to that variation. Um, it says, according to their kinds. So there's, you know, there's variation, but it's not chaotic. There's still, there's still parameters. Organization shown in Genesis account, but at the same time, vener- uh, variation. There's different types of water, of luminaries, of the, the lights, vegetation, animals. Don't you think how awesome, how wonderful and varied everything is? Don't, don't you ever think, man, that is amazing. You know, whoa, in different ways. You know, even the you know, even the sea, even the even the beach, you know, you know, you come to a bank on the beach, you know, and it just it's different. Day to day, tide to tide, it's different. Human humanity, there's different races, personalities, body types, hair types. I remember as a um, lot younger, I went to a Fijian party one time, it was almost entirely Fijians. And I, I couldn't help but just just there, I always thought Fijians were Fijians, but there's there's different types of, <laughs> of Fijians. You know, it's, it's so awesome God's creation and the and the variation of it. There's organization in creation. There's variation in creation, but I've left this to last. And most of all, most of all in creation, there's vocalization because God said God said creation comes from God's voice and God said we humans we have a bit of a a separation at times between words 
and deeds. We say things like all talk, no action, uh, too much hooey, not enough doing. <laughs> now God doesn't have that problem. His deeds come from His words. God says and it happens. God speaks and it happens. And which is what we see in Jesus as well. The power of the mere voice of Jesus changes things. John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 says this. Ite timatanga te kupu. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word. Ite ato te kupu. And the word was God. And the word was with God. He was God in the beginning. By him all things were made. Nothing. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Uh, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. This is Jesus, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Matthew 8, Jesus rebukes the waves in the sea. How? He says, be calm. And it was calm. Through the mere word of Jesus, the vocalization of Jesus. Matthew 8, verse 8. The Roman soldier comes to Jesus, has a sick servant at home. Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. And the soldier says, no, you don't need to do that. Just say the word. And it'll be, it'll be okay. And Jesus goes, whoa. Did you, did you see that? I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. He gets it. This soldier, this pagan soldier gets it. Just my word and it can fix this. I've never seen anything like this. He's got it. He's got faith. By my mere words, I can create. Therefore, what does that mean for us? Therefore, let's keep listening for the creative voice of God that still speaks. You know, the word of God, you know, the voice of God is still speaking to the, uh, up to this very point in time. He is still speaking through His Word, the Bible, through His created world, through His people, the community of saints, through His Spirit, through prophetic dreams and visions and impressions, uh, prophetic words. How so? I remember going to a conference at Home Church in Wellington, 2011. There was a prophetic guy, and I was still teaching, but I mean, 
um, I think at that stage we knew we were coming here and he was had different prophetic words for people around the room and he said and uh, he said oh and you I've got something different for you he says uh, don't think that your past failures is what God has for you into the future God is going to build through you that's what he said to me um Last April the 22nd, Sharon and I were down in Wellington. It was Sunday morning. It was just um, reading the Bibles, going through Luke. We are about to go to church. And I got up to Luke chapter 5. And as I read Luke Luke chapter 5, one verse uh, struck out at me. I don't know how to say that. Sort of made an impression on me, shall I say that. And it was Luke 5.38. And I wrote it down. Didn't tell anyone. We went to church, and the word was, um, "New wine needs new wineskins." Went to church. Uh, we knew the pastors. There's worship, great worship, and then the pastor. Um, she started talking, and she said, "Oh, I have some words here." And she says, "Oh, Carl and Charlene, they knew us." And she says, um, "It's like you've been crushed, like wine. You're from my wine-growing area." And um, it's like grapes that have been crushed. Um, but uh, from crushing of grapes comes wine. But new wine needs new wineskins. Exactly the same day, about three hours apart. See, God still speaks. God speaks and it happens. He creates from His Word. His spirit is still speaking. God creates. He uses organization and variation. But most of all, vocalization. God creates through His Word by speaking. So let's, let's keep cleaning our ears, getting the wax out of our ears, and we're still being created in His image. And one of the reasons I believe that, that, um, that prayer is important is that, uh, is that we can speak things by our prayers into being. As we pray through things, as we pray over the church, as we pray over situations, by our words, we can, working with the Holy Spirit, speak things into being. God still creates by His Word. Let's pray and, and our worship team will come up. Thank you, Lord, for your creation. We believe. We believe you made, you made the heavens and the earth out of nothingness. And by your Word, you created. You created. And uh, we believe that together. And you are still speaking. You are still creating by your word. Help us to have open ears to that. Jesus, we pray. And even as we worship you today, that you would speak to us today. Amen.